Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we air a message taught on Wednesday night of March 25th, 2020. This week's text is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Due to the length of this message and the necessity to fit it into five days of broadcast, we go immediately into today's slice of this week's message entitled, Spirit, Baptism, and Seeking Gifts. The false teaching, the first major heresy that came to, be, uh, that came to infiltrate churches in the first and second century, known as Gnosticism. And some of that might have been present in Corinth. There are different wrinkles of Gnosticism, but some of these in the heresy of Gnosticism made a distinction between Jesus and the Christ. They said Jesus was the man. Oh, and he was a good one, as men are. And they believed that the Christ was not a man, it was only a spirit. So they said the Christ spirit came upon the man Jesus at his baptism. And they further believed that the Christ spirit stayed upon Jesus, and that's how he did all of those spectacular things, until just prior to his crucifixion, and then the Christ spirit departed. So that the man Jesus died the death of a criminal, and he could therefore be called accursed. Now that's really twisted, but that could allow a person to believe that he was okay to say that it's okay to say that Jesus is accursed. So uh, that's a cryptic one. I admit that. That's one of the harder passages in the whole New Testament to, to be able to know for sure exactly what was going on. But those things that I've proposed to you, they certainly fit what is in this book. Well, then there is the positive test. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. What that means is, if you have the Holy Spirit and you're speaking truth, you're going to confess the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You're going to declare your allegiance to Him. He is my Lord. Now, obviously, Paul does not mean that an unsaved person is incapable of saying the words, Jesus is Lord. Jesus proved that. Remember the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, he says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not do all of these things? And he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. Um, the Greek word that's translated Lord familiar one to any of you that have ever studied any Greek, kurios, the most common New Testament translation of one of the Old Testament names for God. So a true confession of Jesus Christ as Lord acknowledges that the man, Jesus, is fully God as well as fully human. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the anointed one. Jesus is the Messiah. And it's only when you have a correct view of the doctrine of Christ um, that a person can 
truly say from the heart, Jesus is Lord. And we can be certain that the person who says it truly belongs to Him and is under the control of the Holy Spirit. All right, now remember on Sunday, I surveyed the whole, pat, the whole chapter for you. We went really fast through all 31 verses. Well, today, we're going to skip from verse 3 to verse 13, and we're going to tackle the, the next um, question, which is about spirit baptism. We're going to move ahead to chapter 12, verse 13. That mentions what is usually referred to as spirit baptism or baptism of the Holy Spirit. There are different ways the words can be put together. Um, this meaning of this term is it's kind of a battleground. It's a, it's a matter of controversy because of several ways that it has been misrepresented throughout church history and uh, some very current ones, mainly through the modern charismatic movement. Now, I'm not doing charismatic bashing. Um, I'm saying there are some teachings which are unbiblical, and wherever they're unbiblical, we have to address them as such. I'm not saying that I don't like charismatic believers, that I don't have brothers and sisters in Christ and friends in Christ who are charismatic, but there are some teachings that are wrong, and here is one of them. Now, Paul includes himself and all of the Christians in Corinth when he describes this act of God whereby all believers become members of the body of Christ at the moment of true faith. It's verse 13 in 1 Corinthians 12. For by one Spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we were all made to drink of one Spirit. Now, what's he talking about? Well, the Bible is composed of 66 books, and they all fit together. And we are kind of toward the end here. We're in the New Testament. We're in the New Covenant era. We're in the era of the body of Christ, and there's a lot of things leading up to this. There's a lot of prediction and fulfillment involved in this statement. In this case, we were all baptized into one body. Um, Baptism here has no direct connection to water baptism. Uh, The Greek words uh, baptizo, that's the verb, baptisma, that's the noun. So in English, (laughs) they would become baptized and baptism. They literally mean immerse and immersion. They can be used for actual immersion in water. That's water baptism. Or they can metaphorically describe something else like in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, where we are immersed into one body. And they're referring to the, the body of Christ. Now, already in 1 Corinthians, we've seen these words, baptize and baptism, we've, we, we've seen them used for both water baptism and as a metaphor. Uh, Christian baptism was, uh, Christian water baptism was introduced at the very beginning of this church. This is one of the things 
that is common ground that unites Jewish believers and Gentile believers by them participating in the same symbol of salvation. You that were with us Sunday morning in our Scripture reading, we got through the book of Acts up to chapter 18, which has to do with the beginning of the church in Corinth. And we read in Acts 18, verse 8, Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, believed in the Lord with all his household. And many of the Christians, when they heard, were believing and being baptized, starting right there in the synagogue. And that's why he mentions both Jews and Greeks. Paul referred to water baptism when he was talking earlier in this book um, about confronting the, the believers in Corinth for their divisions based on following different personalities. Remember, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, I am of Peter, I am of Christ. And he said this back in chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. Has Christ been divided? Paul was not crucified for you, was he? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? You see, before Christian baptism, there was the baptism of John. Before the baptism of John, there were many baptisms in that culture, in that world. There were, the idea is that when you were immersed in water, proclaiming your allegiance to the name of a God, that was symbolizing you belong to that God. And so Paul is chiding them here. This, is, this, this reeks of sarcasm. He says, Paul was not crucified for you, was he? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Then he says, now this is in light of people saying, I'm choosing to follow Paul versus I'm choosing to follow Paulus or I'm choosing to follow Peter. He says, I thank God that I baptize none of you except Crispus. He was the one that baptized, that first leader of the synagogue that believed. I thank God that I baptize none of you except Crispus and Gaius so that no one would say that he was baptized in my name. Now, Paul is a man after my heart. He remembered what else he didn't think of. Now, I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized any other. In other words, he baptized people galore. But he's saying, I'm glad that in Corinth there were so many people being baptized that I didn't personally baptize a whole bunch of people. Probably Timothy and, the, and, and Silas, the others with him, did most of the baptizing. So uh, we've seen him use the word baptize for water baptism as a symbol of stating your allegiance to Jesus Christ. We've also seen Paul, in this very book, use the exact same word baptize as a metaphor for being closely identified with something, but not through water baptism. Remember where it was? In case you didn't print out the notes and you haven't seen it, back in chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. He says, For I do not want you to be unaware, brethren. Does that sound a lot like the beginning of chapter 12? When he switches subjects, he says something like that. I I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. 
There wasn't water baptism in the name of Moses. What he's saying is um, that's describing Israel's um, oneness with Moses. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.